0: welcome to episode 24 of blue jays happy hour the last episode of the 2021 blue jay season or at least the last day of the 2021 blue jay season it was a heck of a day for baseball in a general sense stoughton uh, i'm nick Ashford, <laughs> by the way uh, I, I i always forget the guests i don't normally don't forget myself but that's kind of that's where we're at um yeah, a bit of a grim day for the Blue Jays. It was a wild one. What was your experience of today like? I mean, I guess like a lot of people, some hope and then some, you know, crushing reality.
1: Oh yeah, it felt real good for a while and then uh and then it did not. But also as I as I was saying to you off air, like I don't know, I watched with some casual fans and I had to explain to them like, no, the Washington the Washington Nationals are going to blow this game. They are a very bad team. And pinning your hopes on the Washington nationals is very bad uh it will only end in misery, and then it did and i I've, I've never felt in my life so bad to be so correct
0: yeah i mean there's yeah there's <laughs> there's no reason to i think for me it was when it I don't have a real rationale for this. But when it went to 5-2, for some reason 5-1 felt like, oh, they have to score four runs in four innings or whatever it was. Like they're kind of running away with this a little bit. But when it went to 5-2, I'm like, oh, that's a couple base runners and an extra base hit. Like that. That didn't feel safe. It wasn't safe. And then on the Rays side, you know what? They they won the first two games against the Yankees. The Blue Jays just had the Yankees in town. They didn't win those games. Uh I think the Rays kind of did their part for Toronto,
1: I think you're right, yeah, absolutely I mean no if there's if there was a team that didn't do their part, it was the Blue Jays over you know the forty games that they could have won that didn't they didn't win right like that was uh probably the difference between them being in the playoffs or not,
0: yeah, the middle of the season, you might say <laughs> uh was a bit of an issue it was. Kind of zooming out a little bit because we all know what today was. Today was this disappointment and it's kind of unfortunate because the Blue Jays game itself included, you know, some of some George Springer majesty, some Vlad Vladdy hitting, you know, one of those incredible opposite field home runs that we didn't really know he was capable of coming into the season. You know, Ryu looked unbroken for a little bit. It was the Orioles, but still, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. little Nate. Pier- like, there's a lot to like about that game, but that game became irrelevant so quickly yeah. that we all ended up watching. You know, a Rays offense that's been incredible all year, unable to produce anything against the Yankees' old bullpen, and we watched a national team, a Nationals team that we all knew was bad, be bad. <laughs> um, yeah. There's not a lot to that, so I, I want to kind of take a deep breath and think about so sort of the 2021 Toronto Blue Jays. What do you think you and the Blue Jays world at large is going to remember about this team, uh, you know, four or five years, 10 years down the road? Because I do think it's fair to say, and I know there's been a lot of Blue Jays teams have missed the playoffs and a lot of them do get kind of swept up and forgotten. I don't think this team is going to be forgotten. So what do you, what do you think you're going to remember about this team?
1: Yeah, you uh, you're right. I don't think that they are going to be forgotten. Um <laughs> I hope that the Blue Jays, you know, fandom at large doesn't think like, "Oh, that was the team that Charlie Montoyo pissed away enough games that they didn't make the playoffs." But I know that a lot of people will probably think that. Uh but also there were, you know, there were just so many things. Uh it, it's I don't want to say it's nice that they missed so, by such a, a, a fine margin. But, like, it at least makes it so, like, you could pinpoint, like, literally, like, 90 things to, to say that, like, what, this is why they didn't make the playoffs and not, like, pin it on one human being. But, uh, but yeah, I think that I think people will absolutely remember this team. Uh, that sounds weird. It feels like, I'm, you know, we're doing a eulogy for them, which we kind of are. That's kind of what know. we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, like, I mean, Marcus Simeon is, uh, uh, a free agent, Robbie Ray is a free agent. Those were like, they would not have, th- this day would not have been what it was without those two guys. Um, and the Blue Jays are still very well set up for the future, I think. They've got a ton of uh, of young talent. They've got a ton of, uh, of financial flexibility and we'll see how that sort of plays out over the off season, which I think is going to be an ex- incredibly uh, interesting off season. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it, yeah, it was just a, a would have, should have kind of, kind of year. And it sucks that like, it doesn't suck that they in September, like made that run that put it all so close, but it just it magnifies every little decision, decision, every little thing, you know, Simeon not getting that throw from second to first in Detroit and, or, or Tyler Chatwood playing, uh, several important innings (laughs) where he was terrible, or, you know, you can go down the list. Like there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that you can point to that, uh, helped the Blue Jays not get to here, um, or helped the Blue Jays actually get to here and not get into the playoffs. Uh, and yeah i don't know i i can't even process it yet because i still can't even process the fact that the the rays lost to the yankees cuz that was such a tight game and the you know the nationals they it was 5-1 like you know <laughs> it was it's wild i you know it sucks uh but also they have no one to blame but themselves though i will say uh the fact that they played in dunedin and buffalo probably didn't help them
0: Yeah. And I remember I went on the radio early in the season, maybe April or something. And I was asked, you know, what do you think the effect of playing in Dunedin is going to be on the Blue Jays? And, you know, you can get micro with that and you can say, oh, well, here are some hitters who will maybe hit better than they're based (laughs) on the dimensions or whatever. But I don't, I wouldn't say I scoffed at the question, but I think I said something to the effect of, I don't see that having an enormous effect, but we see races be so close that, you know, something like that maybe is worth one or two games. The fact that the team doesn't really have a home, that their facilities are suboptimal, that they end up moving to Buffalo. You'll never know what the effect of that was. Like, you'll never be able to pin it down and say, oh, well, that cost them seven runs on the pitching side and it cost them four runs on the hitting side. And here's when those runs would have come. And as a result, they would have won three more games. But I don't think it's crazy to think that there was an effect and that Mm -hmm. if they had been in Toronto the whole season, you know, a one game difference doesn't sound outlandish to me. So, yeah, if you want to put it at the feet of something, I think that you could say that under different circumstances, this team would have made the playoffs. I'm not sure that's what people are going to remember about the team, though. (laughs) I'm not sure people will remember because that happened in 2022. It's all going to be kind of part of like, oh, the COVID Blue Jays, that was a thing. I mean, it might, it, it's funny how, how we think of things in the future affects or is changed by what happens subsequently. So hmm. this could be the Semyon year because he doesn't come back. This could be the Ray year. But if Ray does come back, this is one of the this Ray years. This could still be
1: the Ray year. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, if Ray is kind of really here for the one year, then there's the, you know, the tight pants and the Cy Young potential (laughs) and the folk legend thing like that really makes this 2021 more singular than if he comes back. And maybe he isn't the same guy. Probably he isn't the same guy, but it changes things. You're right. It it is the woulda, coulda, shoulda year. It's the this is a bad comparison. I'll admit that. But people talk about the 94 Expos all the time. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, that team was so good and they would have done it. And I don't think of the Blue Jays on that level in terms of like they would have won the World Series because that's not how the playoffs work anyway. And they weren't at that level where they were like the best team in baseball. But it is going to be... There's a good chance, I think, that this is a year that fans look back on forlornly for years and years and years and years. And then, in fact, the (laughs) myth of this team... And again, this is casting into the future. So I may be totally wrong here. They may return to the playoffs in 2022 and everything's awesome and this year kind of fades into the background. But there's a chance that this is kind of the year that people look back on deep in the future and they say, wow, they had a hell of a team. Like George Springer was in his prime. Vladi had his best year. They had this year out of Ray. Semin hit 45 home runs, which is still insane to think about. Um, I could see the myth of this team growing through the ages for Blue Jays fans. And that's a weird thing to say, you know, minutes after this season is over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I may well be wrong. And in some ways, I hope to be wrong because if the franchise is to have success, uh, then this is the sort of season that just kind of happens and fades into the background. But, you know, the history of this franchise is a lot more missing the playoffs than making the playoffs. And seasons like this do stand out uh, in a context of not having that sustainable Dodgers-like success, which maybe they do then have in the future. But if they don't, this one's always going to stay.
1: No, I think you're right, and yeah, to especially because of the Ray and uh, Simeon situ- situations being free agents, it, this is the thing like we talked about at the trade deadline, and and like throughout the year, it's like this is this this might be their shot, and Vlad having an MVP like year, like Vlad, I think we would all agree is going to be very good for a very long time, but he may not necessarily be an MVP candidate every single year. He's just going to be a great hitter, uh, and it is. Uh, it's concerning for the future, but I think it also doesn't feel in the same way as, like, 2016, where it's like you kind of knew the writing was on the wall, the end was near. We are, and 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 maybe that makes it, like, a little bit easier to swallow, uh, which is obviously, you know, not whatever anybody wants to think about right now. But, like, you know, the future is bright for this team still, even if they don't get Ray and Semyon back, even if they you know whoever they replace them with or if they get them back and and it doesn't go as well as you'd hope uh the core is you know is still here uh i think they have all sorts of opportunity ahead of them uh but but it's just you know that doesn't guarantee anything that does that's that's a tough place to be in even you know in the best of times and then also watching the stupid Yankees and the stupid Red Sox go to the go to the 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 wild card game hopefully to be beaten into a pulp by the stupid Tampa Bay Rays who I also hate. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh do, like that also sucks. Right? Yeah. But I do but I do at least I do at least feel that like you can as disappointing as this was, it was also like, you know, at the start of September if you'd have told us we would be here and this is such a such a not great way to think about it because we were here they were there (laughs) they could have won they could have won one of those damn games in minnesota we could have won won one of those games against the yankees uh it was just it was so close and that has sort of been the story of this team is just like uh you know you look at the run differential there are player playoff teams with less run differential than them there are playoff teams from you know, the White Sox have a few. Uh, I don't know what their wins are, but like it's absurd that the White Sox just got to beat up on a terrible division as the AL Central apparently always is. Uh, but, it, you know, not, not, nothing will, nothing will like take away, I think, the fact that people will look back at this team and think uh, they were really good and should have done better. Uh, but at least you can kind of hang your hat on the fact that. Uh, That thing like the window is just at the start of opening as opposed to closing.
0: Yeah, I I feel like there are kind of two camps right now. There's the they're better days ahead camp, and there's the wow what a wasted opportunity (laughs) camp. I think they're both. I think they're both both right. right. Yeah, absolutely. They're both. It's you can believe both things. You can believe that this might be the best opportunity they have for a couple of years, and that also they're gonna be in the playoffs in the future. Like they next year, they could, for instance have quote unquote less of a good team that doesn't even kind of perform as well in some ways like take run differential like mm. they could be <laughs> the Boston Red Sox of next year you know they could have be a team that kind of plays above its head and gets more wins than you'd think they'd get and maybe they aren't as good as the 2021 Blue Jays and that <laughs> but the, but the the results right. end up being better like that's well within their own possibility so I, I don't think we need to reside in one of those two places i think that it's all true, Like this, i i think this is that, i think
1: that that like it reminds you know this team reminds me and i i i believe we talked to Wilner about like nineteen eighty four uh you know the start of that rise, but also like I don't know, you could talk to people who'd be like the nineteen eighty seven blue Jays were the best blue Jays team that ever existed, even though they collapsed at the end, and you know uh i think I think you're absolutely right that there is uh uh that they may have better results, but not have a better team, which is so weird to think and 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 also disappointing because the results didn't didn't bear out what the real talent of this team was, you know. <laughs> as long as you as long as you don't pay attention to the bullpen, which obviously uh, was a bit of an Achilles heel.
0: Yeah, I mean, even take the recent history, right? Like the 2015 Blue Jays were significantly better than the 2016 mm-hmm. blue jays i don't think anyone is gonna debate that like if you want to they say, played
1: each other the 2015 blue jays would win
0: yeah, yeah. if you want to be like oh 2016 <laughs> their rotation was better or something like i don't know you could but you're wrong. Rotation was healthier. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're wrong. The 2015 Blue Jays were better, but they got the same distance. And even in 2016, I think everyone knew that. They were like, this isn't the same quality team, but hell, mm-hmm. we're in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Who knows what could <laughs> happen? And they came up against a Cleveland team that was injured, and they probably should have gotten past that team and probably would have yeah. gotten thumped by the Cubs. And you can play all those games. But what we've learned today, if we've learned anything, or maybe what we've had reinforced. I
1: tried personally to le- never learn anything, but okay, we can try. What
0: we've had reinforced uh, <laughs> is that baseball's not fair, much like life. Like, why would baseball be any different? Uh, you know, in, it is
1: cruel. Yeah.
0: In all of our lives, we've had things go our way way more than we deserved. And we've had things that were shitty and went the other way, and we didn't deserve that either. And. I think it, almost everyone can point to something like that in their lives and that's happens in baseball too. This team deserved better, but it's also they didn't get it. That's what yeah. happens. Like yeah. it, it it's a shame. And so like the flip side and of that And
1: they they made their own luck in a lot of ways I think too. Like let's not let's not absolve them from <laughs> from whatever they deserved or didn't deserve, I don't think.
0: No, they're, you know, we talk we 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 won't talk about the bullpen too much in this episode just because I don't think anyone needs to hear that, but we know you know, some of the issues coming into the season in terms of how they built that and the things that went wrong and how that affected how they can lose this many games while having X run differential. Like we all or know. George,
1: if- or George Springer not missing a ton of months. Or, you know, we you can dissect a ton of decisions, which I know people would will do, you know, manager. Oh, absolutely. Uh and just you can go down the list. It's uh when you got this close, there are just so many things that could have Changed the the whole outcome of the season significantly, Uh and sadly did not. Robbie Ray giving up four four home runs.
0: Oh man it it was weird because that felt like I don't know that always felt like it was. Con- I had that I had a premonition that that was what was going <laughs> to happen to Ray in a wild card game that he was going to get left in too long and give up the home runs because those are the two problems he get he gets left in too long. He's bad third time through the order, and he gives up home runs. Those are his only two problems, and so
1: yeah.
0: they happen to come at the exact wrong time for the Blue Jays. <laughs> Might have happened in the wild card
1: game too. If we establish, well, if we of- talk about Robbie Ray, though, that's a that is a weird. T- it's like you know, he's just throwing you know the the non walk Robbie Ray of twenty twenty one really thrown it in the zone a lot. Like, yeah, like he. he lot, like, I don't know how 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 durable that success is. Uh, And I guess we're now into the goddamn offseason. We can actually talk about it.
0: Well, also, Uh, like, if you throw two pitches, the idea that when a guy sees you for a third time in a game that he's going to be better is not crazy to think. (laughs) that. Like, oh, I've seen both of these pitches, you know, five times each. Uh, I'm getting a sense for what this
1: is like. Picking it up out of your hand. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll see where that goes.
0: Uh, I mean, if we establish that, yeah, this is the Ray year, this is the Semin year, this is a coulda, shoulda, woulda year. What do you think are the things that are going to slide underneath that? People are going to forget about 2021, uh, good or bad. Like one that stands out to me, for instance, is I feel like no one is going to think about the year Teosca Hernandez had. Like the guy becomes an all star, establishes that what happened in twenty twenty wasn't a small sample, uh, type of situation, and that he's like you know, someone worth investing. And in. we'll see what happens in the off in the off season with him. But you know, because Vladdy was such a figure, because Springer, you know, for all the good and bad reasons, attracted so much attention. Because Bichette is kind of part of the face of the franchise group, he was a guy that. Yeah, I just think when you think of the 2021 Blue Jays, he's not going to be a name or face that comes to mind necessarily, but just an enormous part of this team and a huge step forward, or at least proving it.
1: No, I think that, I mean, Teoscar, absolutely, that's true. Um, Because, yeah, he was a guy who you definitely, you had to like (laughs) pick out the dates to like be like, oh, he was this, he was great for these six weeks over like you know several seasons and then he basically you know I don't you know he didn't have the greatest end of the season uh but yeah he had he had an incredible year and and does deserve to be that guy who is sort of below that tier you know and you know no one can be Vladdy uh Springer is is had he played we would have we would all be universally praising Springer uh but yeah no I think that I think that's fair I think that uh, yeah that's this is a great question Uh, I think that Danny Jansen's end of the season was very intriguing to me. I don't know if that's the right answer to this particular question. Uh, Keeps coming
0: back, keeps rearing. Every time you want to give up on Danny Jansen, (laughs) he just keeps (laughs) reminding you that he used to be good at hitting and maybe he could be
1: again. And it's like the downtime when he was injured. It's like, did he just figure out how to hit again? Like, I don't know. He watched
0: so much video while he was rehabbing.
1: (laughs) But I like, but and I'm I'd be I would be happy to like Danny Jansen and and be confident in Danny Jansen. I don't know that I am just at the moment, uh, but it's been real good. That's that's been really nice. I think this. Uh, oh man, there's been so there. Uh, well, we talked about Corey Dickerson last uh, last episode, uh, who I think has been very interesting. Also, uh, again, I don't know if I'm I'm answering the question as to like what what is going to get forgotten about this year. That was actually like, like interesting. Uh, I think maybe the Alec Manoa story though, beyond all those is really the thing. Cause we like, literally we joked about it for weeks. That was the podcast for a while. <laughs> yeah. If Manoa
0: had not been yeah. cutting it up in AAA, A, we would have been really stumbling out of the gate. Cause we
1: didn't have a lot of
0: other stuff going
1: on. And then he came up and he just fucking, he delivered. He was so good. He's been so good all year. Uh, he's sadly not going to get to pitch another game this year. Uh, at least you know. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Like somebody on Twitter the other day was just like, "You called Manoa from the start." I was like, I was kind of half joking, man. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I, I like, like, I thought that, you know, I, I, I kind of clocked that he was better than Tanner Roark, but that was not real difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was just like that was the only option that they had, and it was just it became apparent that it's like, okay, this guy seems green. This guy seems like you know, lots to like about him, but he's a guy who was pitching an a ball uh, like last year or whatever the hell happened in twenty twenty, uh, and that whole story, uh, it's just it, really remarkable. Like a uh, you know, and I think I and I think that will uh, a story that will get probably uh, less remembered because I think he's going to go out next year and do it again.
0: Yeah, and I, it's the sort of thing where. If you, I don't know, if it were 2018, for instance, that would be the biggest story of the Blue Jay season. For sure. Like, we have developed a good (laughs) starter. We have a guy that, you know, we've brought up. He's a rookie. We're going to have him for a long time. He is currently good and projects to be good into the future. Like, not... I don't know, not a Gustavo Chassin to pull a name out of thin air. (laughs) But, yeah, like not a guy who kind of came up and had good ERA or whatever. But, like, you know, you can look at the way his pitches move. You can look at what he's got. Like this is a guy. And there's a lot of seasons in Blue Jays history. And, again, you know, that kind of speaks to some of the, you know, lack of success this franchise has had at times. But there's a lot of seasons in Blue Jays history where that would be the best thing that happened to the Blue Jays was Alec Manoa came up and was really good. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of those between the World Series and 2015 type of years. Like, you know, a lot of the early...
1: There were several years between those two. Yeah, multiple
0: decades, you might say. Um, (laughs) And during those decades, there were plenty of years where it would have been really great to have a story like Alec Manoa. And I think you're right, because if Manoa continues to be good, the fact he was good as a rookie becomes less and less relevant. So it's just like, yeah, of course... Alkmanoa Manoa being good started at some point because it had to but that wasn't sort of the core of 2021 even if it was the core of our podcast for uh, <laughs> you know something like, like four or first, five like, weeks. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely uh, no that's been in, and you're absolutely right like that's that has been incredible and were I more ready to process the fact that the damn season is over I would be more able to appreciate that but uh, but you know, now that you ask, yeah, I think that was great. I, I would, you know, Nate Pearson obviously had a lost year again, uh, but he was really interesting at the end of the year. That that was, uh, you know, like two games. Yeah. Still, oh. you'd have to be having a really
0: bad year to take Nate Pearson as a positive. Yeah. <laughs> I think to take Nate Pearson's twenty twenty one as a positive, you'd have to be also, in absolute it, hell.
1: I feel I should say it's Santiago Espinal, uh, looking like
0: potentially uh, I, I struggle uh, potentially,
1: <laughs> uh, the Babib is high and I think that there's a bit of flukiness in there uh but I know they always liked him that he he hits the ball hard I think the defense is good uh like I wouldn't I wouldn't anoint him the third baseman and like not look for someone better but yeah. I think that I think that the uh the idea that he is uh I would rather play him every day at third base than say Cavabigio but uh uh, Dangerous I, time
0: to be saying anything <laughs> against Kevin Biggio after his one huge game.
1: Yeah, but no, but like I but I think that, that was uh that was a good revelation for the Jays as well. And also, you know, if we go if we're talking about like the minor leagues like uh, Gabriel Moreno, uh and we talked about this last week as well, is a guy who they've loved a long time, but the industry caught up on him because his it was just so loud what he did in, in double A. Uh, and that's that I think that's going to be interesting as well. And yet. Uh, none of that's none of that's going to replace the value that you're going to lose if you let Simeon and Ray go to free agency. No, uh, I mean if you, which, which is what is going to make this a fascinating offseason. I think the Jays next year will be very good. Uh, but you just, I mean, you can't, you can't spend thirty million dollars in free agency on one year deals. Better than that, like you literally can't.
0: No, absolutely not. And I think that. If they're going to replace, might be the wrong word for that production. But if they're going to find some semblance of that production, it's not going to be that they sign two guys and get similar value from them. It's that they sign two guys that work out pretty well, and then they get, you know, a Moreno to arrive in the major leagues and be a starter, or they get you know other guys in the system to surprise and to be honest there's not a ton at sort of the upper level of the miners like Moreno is sort of the guy who stands out who's knocking on the door um well they traded
1: a couple guys uh for Bruins yes, which the- which worked out you know pretty well i mean ideally it would have led to a playoff berth but here we are um but yeah you're right like that that was uh the 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 upper miners is not like as good as everybody kind of thinks that the 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 pipeline is, and I don't think they're wrong. You know, it's not like there are solutions next year coming. No, like like, like Espinal. I was t- I tweeted about this. Like Espinal and like Jordan Groshans is like, you know, he was in Double A. He had a decent year. wasn't like as loud as the previous. Uh, you know, uh, I d- I don't think that he has uh, established himself as like a, a very high prospect in the way that like Moreno has. Uh, you could maybe do that, but also if you're a win now team, I I don't know if that's what you want to do. No, you
0: you don't like straight up. Right? You don't, yeah. you don't want to yeah. do that. You
1: actually don't. Yeah. You yeah, just they... don't
0: like. You want them to prove stuff at AAA, <laughs> and but but that's they need some of that like the surprise element, and so you can call what Samian and Ray did a a surprise. Like I, I think that that's that's fair. Even Samian bouncing back from his like MVP ish level season before. Even that, like you never thought he was going to hit for that kind of power, produce that defensively at second base, all that stuff. That surprise has to come from elsewhere, and it's probably going to come from, yeah, those younger players. Those are the players that kind of bust the projection because it's like, oh, well, we project Nate Pearson for .7 war because his MLB track record says nothing, and he breaks through and is a decent starter. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen because – that's getting harder and harder to believe in but <laughs>
1: right, that's the yeah. sort of thing that, well, like, when, that but, needs but to Manoa probably would have project been projected for like minus half a win yeah exactly absolutely was not worth minus half a win
0: yeah yeah Pearson's one of those guys one of the headings I had here in my in my peak behind the curtains sometimes I do a rundown <laughs> where I write things down you guys yeah. might not believe it based on some of the things you hear on the podcast but You've refused to learn things, and yet I have a heading here that said, "What did we learn?" which puts me in a bit of an impasse. But what do you feel like you might have absorbed? Maybe if you've rejected the premise of learning it, but it did come in at one point uh, uh, about the theme <laughs> and the franchise based on
1: 2021. I think the big lesson of this year is about the bullpen and about you know I, the Blue, the Blue Jays even before. Shapiro and Atkins have had done a very good job of cobbling together bullpens and finding guys. I think that's maybe getting harder. Uh, I think the Rays, you know, nobody wants to be the Rays. They're they're grotesque in their labor practices and all that. But like the way, uh, the way that they churn, are able to churn guys and able to like just find robots who are very good. I mean, I mean, Kidderidge could have done better against the goddamn Yankees in the ninth inning tonight. But be that as it may. Uh, I think that's a thing. And I think that like, uh, what, what also like happened, the Rays, again, I don't want to like advocate for what they do, but like they, uh, you know, the Jays had a lot of guys this year who were not optionable and the Rays were able to churn guys a lot better because the Jays had, you know, Baraki has an option. Thornton came up and down Castro, but like for a lot, a lot of the season, the bullpen was locked in with these dudes who, uh, quite often, not very good. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the people who work in the industry are much smarter than me and and recognize this in a different, you know, earlier and 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 better. But I think that that to me is like the. I, I'm not saying you need to to. It's it's easier said than done to be like get a bunch of guys who throw. Yeah, 100. Let's have thirteen <laughs> good relievers. Yeah. yeah, but also maybe you need to maybe you need to like figure out sooner who is going to go into the reliever uh, path as opposed to the starter path, uh, and maybe you don't want to have six guys who you can't option in your bullpen. Maybe you want more homegrown guys. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, that's hard. That's hard to get out of that. Like most teams are not able to do that. Uh, but also most teams are not in the American league East. And so I think that that is probably, you know, I don't want to, see, I would rather not see them throw money at the bullpen. I would not be like mad if they were like, let's get whoever, you know, the best reliever we, we possibly can. I don't know who even is a free agent, a uh, free agent, but, uh, but I think that that is uh, that to me would be if I was the Blue Jays was the takeaway from this season. And there's definitely other things. There's definitely you know diversifying the lineup, maybe uh, giving a, a different advice to the manager. Uh, but, but I think I think ultimately the way they pissed away the most games was the bullpen.
0: Yeah, for me, the big learning of the season, and this might be unpopular because I think what I'm about to say, people felt like they already knew. But I don't think it was fair to say that we knew that Bo Bichette, for instance, is was who Bo Bichette was this season. Like he had played mm-hmm. 75 MLB games coming to the season. And the skepticism that I personally would have had about Bo Bichette relating to his approach and whether that was scalable over a full season and what he was going to look like, a lot of people didn't have that. Like they, what they had seen was enough for them to believe. I didn't mm-hmm. feel that way. Um so you, he's someone you feel confident about. We mentioned Teoscar Hernandez earlier. It,
1: it bo, But it is weird, the whole how he makes it work. But he does.
0: He does. And and now I think now we've seen enough to know that there's there's definitely flaws in it, but it works. And Teoscar Hernandez, yeah, you're not going to fangraphs and doing custom dates from when he came back from <laughs> AAA that time. And you're like, yeah. over the last 112 games, he's the 27th best hitter by WRC+ okay, now we've seen more. He cut down on the strikeouts this year, actually a little bit less power, but it really worked for him over the long haul. Vladdy, we all believed that he was going to be greater than what we'd seen thus far because of his pedigree, because of what he'd done in the minor leagues, because he was so young, to be honest, which is, I think, something that people forgot a little bit. Um, But so the learning wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't profound and new. It was about reinforcing what we thought. We thought that these guys could be these guys. And after the season, it's more fair to say that we know that. And that's huge. Because that, I think mm. coming into the season, the Blue Jays had this young, exciting core. But it wasn't for sure that that was core is was going to be good enough. I think people believed that it was going to be good enough. And it's partly because we've been told that for so long and because of the minor leagues and yada, yada, yada. But I don't think that if we were really honest with ourselves, we knew that this group of players, this lineup, this core was going to be good enough to play with the big boys, and now we know that, and that's incredibly important because mm-hmm. that that means that this window isn't a wish casting window. It is a concrete <laughs> window with this group of players, and so and like that's a, not an exciting thing to learn to say. Oh, the thing that I already thought, uh, I can think it with more confidence. That's not super exciting, but. I think it's but so it is, important. It it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's more important yeah. than is exciting. And I think that's what I'm probably going to take away from the season more than anything is that okay, we can lock this in. We can build off this like the proof of concept is not 68% there, it's 100% there. Let's go.
1: I think that's uh, I think that's absolutely correct. And also, you know, it just this reminds me of Mark Shapiro being like and I think people were very disappointed when he was talking a couple of years ago about like, you know, you need you need like two to five years worth of MLB experience to really understand what certain players are, and people were like raring to go. It's like we got Vlad, we got Bo, and like and a couple of years ago, you didn't know. And as and you know, twenty twenty Vlad was not the greatest, and twenty twenty one Kevin Biggio was not the greatest. Uh, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right that like you feel much more well, you feel a hundred percent more comfortable with Vlad and Bo and Teoscar. As your core going forward, there are definitely still questions all over the place. There's definitely holes all over the place, but you have resources to do that, especially because those guys do not get paid a lot you know george springer uh ideally plays more than like seventy nine games or whatever he played this year next year, and he's uh real real good uh also really fun and uh and that has been uh that has been a joy despite the fact that like
0: it was not a joy a lot of the time no yeah
1: and it was it was one of many things where where it's like you know again you know the the not playing in toronto could have made a difference jordan springer not you know playing more than like 50% of the games could have made a difference uh there are so many of those things uh but yeah no i think that i think that obviously yeah you're right that the the there is a lot to look forward to and there is there is definitely uh, reason to believe that the core is there, and that that is uh, not wish casting, which I think is also a word that you said, which I think is correct. So, what do, what do we think kind of exists on the other side of the coin?
0: Like, what did we not learn this year that we might have? Like, the the first <laughs> one that comes to my mind is is Pearson, right? Like we thought this was going to mm. be the year. You know, we kind of penciled him in as the second starter in a lot of places coming into the For season. For real, yeah. And so yeah. we thought like, okay, this is the year where we kind of, like maybe he'll have an innings restriction or whatever, but we're going to let him loose and we're going to figure out what this guy is. We thought Pearson
1: was going to be Manoa, basically. Yeah, essentially. Which, like, which, is, which is crazy that, that there turned out to be another Pearson. <laughs> right hiding there. in who's plain actually, sight. You, 265 yeah, pounds. Uh, even better. Yeah. I like him even more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly,
0: if Pearson had done what Manoa did, I think we would have been over the moon with that. Uh, and if yeah. Pearson ever does what Manoa did this season, I think you got to take that um, easily. I mean, if that if that's the if what Manoa did this season is the best season of Nate Pearson's career, <laughs> you have you to sign it. up for that yeah. deal. Absolutely, <laughs> like without question, you do. So he's the for, he's the big one. He's the kind of he's still the. The ultimate unknown for the Blue Jays, like what is Pearson going to be? I'm trying to think, like who else exists on that list? I mean, on a very. Biggio, I think. Biggio is an is a I think he's a good a great example because his yeah. his major league track record coming to this year in one and a half years was really good, and I know that there the flaws there. Uh, and I know that I understand why the Internet was ready to turn on him from the beginning, because he was <laughs> right. a guy, you know, he was the Gustavo Chassin. He was the guy whose results seemed to outstrip how good he actually was or his qualities as a baseball player, for lack of a better term. Um, and now we've been given all many, many reasons to question him. Now, we've also at the very end here got a reason to believe. Uh, just in that one one game. game. Um, (laughs) I, I mean, I'm bullish on Bizio being useful. I just don't know, you know, what that role ultimately is.
1: I just think he should play for the Kansas City Royals, where they can play him every day, and it doesn't matter. Like a win now team doesn't need a you know, a platoon of Espinal and Vigio at third base. Though they could get away with it, say, if they re signed Marcus Simeon and had him play second base, that uh, you could that's fine. Well, I don't like Biggio
0: at third base. Oh, I mean, I don't he I don't think f- he should ever ceremony, play third yeah. base. I, <laughs> I, I don't think he really should play. I mean, I, I think he. I've said this before in the podcast. I think he's miscast as a utility player. Everyone's like, he's willing to play any position. It's like, great. Like a lot of people so, we are so willing so to I. do stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. If you ask them to, like, there's some nice people in the world. I've interacted with Kevin Biggio. He's a very nice man. Uh, of course he's willing to do stuff to help the team. He's like a great guy and he's a good clubhouse guy and I understand all the reasons I like him. I think he's decent at second base. Like, I think he's a decent fielding second baseman and I don't think he's especially a standout really anywhere else he plays on the field. So if you used him as a platoon second baseman who very occasionally played other positions and you had someone else at second from the right side who you felt good about and then you used resources elsewhere, I think you could do that. Um, but the, yeah, the idea that he's sort of one of their big three has obviously, the air has come out of that balloon. Yeah. Um, but I I think the pendulum may have swung a little bit too far the other way in terms (laughs) of the knives that have come out for Biggio after one, you know, poor injury riddled season.
1: And it was, it absolutely was. And I know that there, there, there are, it's a, he's a polarizing guy because there's definitely the people who, you know, look at baseball swan and look at Statcast and are like oh uh-oh and there's people who don't uh <laughs> and also see you know see the results and and you know the results speak louder than the than the underlying numbers that's just like that's just how that works uh and i get it and and you know i i I don't i and i say this like literally every time i write about him, i'm like i don't want to count him out i wouldn't bet against him because he was a guy who like you know before he had that breakout season in A, people were like he's not a real prospect and then he showed that he was and people, he got called up and it's like i don't know if he's going to be that great in the big leagues and he's he's been able to do that and i don't know if that's like the cachet that his name carries but like he he does seem you know he he seems to be a guy who gets the game and is and is willing to Look at ways to improve himself, and I think we saw that a little bit this year, like he was he was less selective this year uh potentially like to try to you know have a a, a like do more damage on pitches and shit, and which is also a thing that he has struggled with uh and yeah, I would not write him off, but I think you're absolutely right, and being like you know just the the expectations have to kind of go down, and i he would not be a bad person to have on your roster, I don't know that he would be an everyday third baseman. Uh Santiago Espinal intrigues me. Uh but also he's probably in the same category. You know, I would you it would be great to see uh you, and you again, yeah, you can get away with guys like that at second base or at third base. If you have Vlad Bo and Simeon, or if you had Vlad Bo and someone else really fucking good. Uh but yeah, those aren't guys I don't think you build your team around. Uh, and it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting what they do because also you know part of the thing that we've talked about is like diversifying the offense, and I think Vigio does that very well. And I remember Dante Bichette talking about that last September, being like, you know, he you know it just he gives pitchers a different look, and it's a th- it's a different thing to have to think about and have to attack. Uh, where that has been a bit of a problem because it's like not that difficult to attack to Oscar Vlad guriel like you know you kind of they're they're not that dissimilar as hitters um so that but also i think you could also defer diversify your offense using you know say cory dickerson who you who you traded for uh, who you got for joe panic and also got adam simber which was a ridiculous trade as i think i think we talked about it last week so uh yeah i don't know i don't know where that's going to go um. But they, you know, they have, they love flexibility or they did in their sort of like rebuilding phase. Uh, I don't know where they are right now, but they, there should be some like, you know, win moves that they can make. But also I think that this is, you know, just the nature of the business is like, uh, you know, you can't, you can't have everybody who's 31 on your team locked in for five years or going to be fucked. So they're, I think they're cognizant of that as well.
0: Yeah, I think also people think of players in kind of two buckets. They think of everyday players and they think of bench players. And there's plenty mm-hmm. of room for players to exist between those two areas. And we see that with the, the Rays. The, the
1: Rays are a very good example. We
0: see that with the Dodgers, except those their yeah. players in that bucket are just really fucking good <laughs> players. They could be everyday yeah. players. On, but Rays are a better example. <laughs> um, but, I, but I think that... You know, Biggio, Espinal, and Dickerson could all three of them exist in that place for the Blue Jays for future teams. Uh, maybe
1: if Randall Gritchett's contract didn't exist, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so and
1: that does make it a little more difficult.
0: Makes it a little bit more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a world where Gurriel gets traded, which is a possibility we've talked about before as well. But yeah, I think there's room for those players to exist. Um, and Biggio probably is that guy. He's not a, maybe he's not a 600 plate appearance guy, but he's a, Three hundred and ninety plate appearance guy, and he can be useful, and he can you know hit ninth and be your quote unquote second leadoff man and get on base for some of these big bats, and you know there's good stuff he does. But no,
1: that's how I would sell the Royals (laughs) on taking him in trade. Oh,
0: there you go. (laughs) Yeah, except if he hits ninth (laughs) for the Royals, who's driving him in? Uh, Well, Sal Perez, home run, home run king, absolutely. But he, yeah, him, Espinal, yeah, they're in that kind of mystery bucket right now. Like, what, what are these guys for future? We don't know. Pearson is there. Is Ryu there? Is Ryu there? Because is Ryu a player that we don't really know? what We're gonna get from him next year, or are we feeling confident that he is this kind of diminished version of himself already?
1: Uh, another great question. I, yeah, obviously I don't know, but like, uh. I I think there will clearly be some diminishment. Um, and it, well, he's he's just he's a guy that needs to be managed, and that's been that was the case in the, with the Dodgers, and that's been the case so far. And you know, you need to give him an extra day, uh, and it works. It works better when he has a little bit of an extra day, and he has. Uh, it's just that's that's a thing. I man, I love Ryu, uh, especially when he's pitching really well and not being terrible which you know i faced the orioles today wasn't wasn't his best start uh but it definitely is getting to the point where it's like you have to think about him not as certainly not as your number one i mean well barrios is here but also i think Manoa's out ahead of him uh for you as a three oh he's more and more he you know you feel more like he's a four or five at this point
0: yeah, I'd agree with that. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a bit of a bounce back next year because sort of the fundamentals of what he does. Oh, he's great are I love him,
1: but also yeah. there
0: in theory, you know, velocity didn't really fall off, but it might be one of those situations where he's working harder for that velocity and therefore he's less able to command it. Uh the changeup wasn't quite the same this year. It is tricky. After like that yeah, I think injury. you feel really nice <laughs> about him as your four.
1: Uh yeah. And also yeah, absolutely. You know, we c- Especially if you have like Stephen Matz as your five. Which would probably they probably will not also. But you, you know, we also saw in recent years too how quickly that
0: skill set can fall off the cliff. With Mark Burley became was yeah. you know the, started 2015 as very useful and ended it as totally useless. Marco Estrada, the back injuries were a factor, but he kind of had that command and control change up skill set, and that became so much worse yeah. very quickly. So, yeah, if you told me Ryu's going to be actually better next year, he's going to be a sub-4 ERA guy and he's just going to be a little bit healthier for whatever reason and it's going to click, I wouldn't be shocked by that. If you told me Ryu's going to be a problem next year and you're <laughs> going to be concerned about running him out there and you're going to be dreading that fourth year like he's Russell Martin on that contract, that outcome wouldn't shock me either. There's a huge range of what can happen with you. And like you, I'm not going to claim that I know the answer to that. But he's an interesting person to think about for next year because he is one of those guys who moves the needle because he, you know, he's going to play a fairly significant role and he could play that role awfully well and he could play that role uh, in a way that hampers the team significantly.
1: I mean, I don't, you know, I would bet on Ryu's 2022 at this stage. More than I a year ago would have bet on Tanner Roark's 2021. Yeah, well, I mean, I would have uh, bet I, I anything against that. Roark's 2021.
0: <laughs> There's not a single thing on earth I would have bet more than that nobody, Roark was going to suck this year.
1: Nobody didn't see that coming.
0: Yeah, but that one was about as obvious as it gets.
1: And, it was as obvious as the stupid Washington Nationals coughing up that fucking game. <laughs> Against the goddamn Boston. They were up 5-1.
0: Not only are the Nationals... Cannot believe it. Not only are the Nationals uh, terrible... I absolutely can't believe it because they suck. Jeez. But that's always how they've sucked, too. In, <laughs> in recent years, it's always been the bullpen. It's always been the Nationals' problem, so... Uh, it was very emblematic of their recent history that they did that. I mean, they were more focused on Alex Avila's mini retirement ceremony they than were. they were that was on the getting the th- win. Oh, my God. I was like, are, oh, are we yeah. seriously watching? Like, he was a journeyman. I mean, Avila had a couple okay years. But he didn't and he wasn't a notable national either. It seemed very odd uh, no. odd to His me. Dad is
1: the GM of the Vulcan Tigers. Like I didn't even know he played for the Nationals. I thought their catcher was Riley Adams.
0: Yeah, I thought he was retired, to be <laughs> honest. I already thought he was retired. So that was a that was a bit jarring to really engage. But you, we engaged with him in a positive way earlier in the game when he got that big hit and it was like, Wow, Avila's the guy who's put a <laughs> so you live and die by Alex Avila, I guess, if you're a Blue Jays fan. Today. Well,
1: and this is again—I think I said at the top, uh, off the top, like my friends who are not more casual baseball fans. I was just like, no, no, don't, 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 uh, don't, don't put your hopes on the the Washington Nationals. They're very bad, and I really, really, I'm upset about how right I was about that, but it just it just the whole day it felt like it was coming the stupid rays should have scored some runs on the yankees let's be honest uh and also and i tweeted this but like any other two teams like if it if the mariners if the mariners and like the fucking i'm i'm pretending that i don't uh, you know the the central doesn't exist they're all they're terrible but like any 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 other teams than the Red Sox and the Yankees. Are you kidding me? Uh, what? And you know. What a nightmare. What? How? Come on. Like the two fan bases that deserve the most misery getting joy. Fuck off. Fuck off. And you know
0: that there's some execs <laughs> and there's some people in baseball who are just like, oh, this is the best. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know rob our oh, man ratings th- are going through the roof yeah for the one game oh, who cares yeah, um, <laughs> yeah like wow you really made a lot of money off that one game that you've already sold to your advertisers like,
1: He'd had like you really sad. just want
0: like they want to do a press release of like oh this wild card is our most watched since 2014 but that's and what he yet. lives. That's how. That's what Robert Manfred lives for. And in, he does. You know, in many ways, it'd be nice to be Robert Manfred. Power is cool. <laughs> money is nice. But living and dying by wildcard ratings uh, is something I don't envy him. Uh, that that's what he has to do with his life. So
1: <sighs> I feel like that. Is- it's. I mean, I I like the baseball playoffs, but it's going to take me a couple weeks before I can watch a baseball game again.
0: Focus on the nationally. I, I actually, I really wanted go Brewers, go Brewers. I really wanted it's to end it on yeah. that sound because that was a great <laughs> sound to end the Toronto Blue Jays season. I think you you should get a clip of that sound, uh, and you should just loop it because that's that's <laughs> where the Blue Jays are. That's at. what the season was. That's what yeah. the season was. And uh, guys, god damn it, listeners, uh, we thank you for sticking with us through the Manoa times. The sad times the exciting times it has been a heck of a ride uh we appreciate all of you guys who listened and hope you got some entertainment and maybe tonight got some catharsis out of this discussion and uh we will talk <laughs> and then
1: next week we're going to talk about the cba Woo! we will we will <laughs> talk to you again soon have a good one